This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Okay, so right now, there's a German voicing over Usain Bolt running a world record. So, in less than 10 seconds, the greatest sprinter of all time breaks the world record. Like a design sprint, it happens quickly, but the race represents only a fraction of the process. Today, I'll share five steps for running a successful design sprint based on our experience of running them for clients, big and small. Can you hear me out the back? Yep, excellent. So just quickly, a little bit about myself. Worked in UX for about 15 years. I currently teach the user experience design course at General Assembly. I'm a lover of vintage video games and I run Nomad. We're passionate about people and helping them to achieve their goals. We support our team members to achieve their career goals. We support our clients to achieve commercial success and we create outstanding experiences for their end users. We do this through pragmatic design and research to solve business problems. So what is a design sprint? I'm sure many of you have seen this book here. It seems to be a bit of a, um, a top seller at the moment. So a design sprint is a five-day process for answering critical business questions through design, prototyping and testing ideas with actual customers. According to the Google Ventures guys, the process, which is pretty much the way that we tackle design sprints, um, draws on a lot of existing processes and techniques. So things from IDEO, Stanford's D-School, workshop techniques, research techniques, and the like. So the first step that we can take to a successful design sprint is by solving big problems. By choosing a big problem, you're giving yourself the opportunity to opportunity to gain access to the things that you're going to need for a successful design sprint. So this includes access to senior people's time, it includes adequate time to prepare for the sprint, potentially the money that's required to bring real customers in during the week, um, as well as some of the other resources that you'll actually need for running the design sprint. With a small problem that's not as important or critical to the business, it's going to be much harder to get access to these things that you'll need. And once the five-day sprint has finished, you'll also find it much easier to gain momentum and actually have, a, um, have an impact with the outcomes from the design sprint if it's, a, if it's a big problem. And just a quick example of a big problem is um, a design sprint that we worked on recently, which was around reimagining a product's core proposition to allow the product to appeal to a range of new customers. So that was, I guess, you know, a, a, a big problem that um, helped contribute to success. When we run training in design sprints, one of the most common questions we get asked is, does it need to be five days? And we'd say, yes, absolutely, it does need to be five days. In each of the different five days, there's a number of key elements. So setting the direction in the first instance, exploring the problem, identifying solutions, testing with customers, etc. Each of these elements contributes and flows through to the next element. And by watering down the process, you're making it much more challenging to get to a solution which is going to have, have an impact. And as I mentioned before, if we're going to focus on big problems, big problems take time to solve effectively. 
Now, I'm clearly preaching to the converted, but one of the other elements that's critical to a successful design sprint is involving customers. Um, and it's really crucial that this step doesn't get de-scoped for budgetary or, or time reasons. Design sprints must involve the end user, otherwise we're adding more assumptions to the, to the design process. And, and as I see it, there's two key benefits um, to involving customers in the process, and obviously these apply more broadly to, um, to, to, to other design projects. But um, they are um, the design, in the first instance, it helps you to design the right product for your customers, and in the second instance, it provides you with evidence to take back to the business to convince them and persuade them that this is a solution that should be pursued. Planning is critical. This is a nice diagram that you might have seen before. Clearly, it illustrates the amount of time that's required up front before the first of the, the five days to um, contribute to, to design success. Um, when we look at um, planning a sprint, we think there's kind of two components to it. The first of which is the logistics, so booking venue, arranging whiteboards, sketching paper, all of the, the various elements that you actually need to have on hand to, to run the sprint. And whilst that's important, I'd say that this next element is much more important, and that's the management of stakeholders. So from the get-go, you need to get buy-in from stakeholders and help them to understand what's realistic uh, in terms of what you can achieve from the design sprint and helping them to understand when it's actually the right tool to be using. It's also really important to set clear expectations about what's actually going to happen during the five days. Really helpful to get them to understand what they need to bring to the table and how the five days is actually going to, to play out. This way they'll understand the way the sprint's being run and, and why. And once you actually start the sprint, it's very, very challenging to, to tack and, and change direction. Also critical at this um, planning phase is making sure that the activities you undertake and the way that the sprint is run is aligned back to the objectives of the, the problem and the objectives of the design sprint. Next, make sure you get the right people in the room. Um, there's obviously some people that need to be in the room, so the likes of uh, developers and designers, um, subject matter experts. But we'd also suggest that there's three other people that need to be represented. The first of which is the, is the decision maker. Um, whilst some would advocate for not having them in the room or having a surrogate in the room, having them there is incredibly valuable um, and, and we'd strongly suggest that. The second is having the person in the company that seems to know everyone else in, in the building. We ran a sprint recently, end of day two. We had a key question we, we weren't able to answer. Um, the, the, one of the people in the room said, oh, Jane will know the answer to that. Five minutes later, Jane was actually in the room and able to answer, answer the question. And the third person that's really handy for running a successful sprint is the advocate. They'll help to sell the solution from the design sprint to others after the sprint. Um, they'll also help to sell the, um, the design sprint process and potentially your design practice. So to quickly wrap up, um, number one, solve big problems. You do need five days, involve customers, planning is critical, and get the right people in the room. I will, will leave you with just one final point before I, uh, before I leave. Um, and, and this is, should we actually run a sprint in the, in the first instance? I'd, I'd say it can be really valuable to actually be prepared to walk away in the first instance. And this is a, a checklist that we've, we've put together. It's been adapted um, with the help of John Paul Unger, who uh, many of you probably know. Um, and basically, if you can tick all of these um, items on, on the um, checklist, you're well placed to undertake a design sprint. 
That's available on our site if you'd like to download it. Thank you for your time. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.